Welcome into the Landry Football Podcast Network as we tackle another football topic here. A reminder to subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network wherever you get your podcasts um, so that you can catch all of our football shows, college, NFL. We cover it all. We cover it even in greater detail over at LandryFootball.com. The college game, the pro game, uh, everything from recruiting. And we're going to talk about recruiting right now and a little bit about how you evaluate or should evaluate recruiting classes. We've got the breakdowns of the college rosters, the transfer portal, everything going on in the college game over at LandryFootball.com. Spring practice when it heats up, everything retaining to college football, we've got it for you. Same thing with the NFL. Certainly got the Super Bowl. We've taken you through the entire season. Folks, we're getting deep into free agency, the draft, explaining you the process, evaluating these players, helping you understand what teams need to do to get better and their moves on personnel as well as the coaching moves. So we've got it all for you. Coaching searches, if we like to say it, if, if it involves players, teams, coaches, schemes on the college or NFL level, we got it covered for you at LandryFootball.com, all from a scouting and coaching perspective. So check it out today take advantage of our <coughs> pardon me the discount we have on the front page Hi, holiday savings special we've got a scouting season sale up so make sure that you take advantage of it so i want to talk a little bit about the process before we you know or as we get into i should say the details of evaluating recruiting classes evaluating draft classes which is all things that Everyone asks and wants to know. We can give you a snap look at how things look as they unfold. But the true measure of a recruiting class or a draft class is a few years years down the road. That's where you determine how many players are still on the team. Uh, Have they been developed? In the NFL, it's about how many guys help you make your team or a part of your future how many of them you have to move on from because they're so good that other players break the bank on them, other teams break the bank for them, and you've got to replenish that. That tells you a little bit about where you are in a draft class three, four years down the road. (coughs) And recruiting, it's the same way. You've got to look back, and you want to see now's the time to grade the 2019 recruiting class, not the 2023. That's old news, Chris. Yeah, it's old news. It tells you where you are. It tells you who's really got a good recruiting class. Because, A, who's still on the team? We talked about the supposed greatest class in college football history last year by Texas A&M. One problem. We're not even six months. We're not even a year. It's six months, nine months from that proclamation. And you got already eight members of that signing class gone. That's not even one of the top 15, 20 classes in last year's class, much less the best of all time. That means nothing when you proclaim somebody the best class. Alabama's class this year is number one. We don't know if it's number one. We'll see next year, the year after yet, and the year after that. 
how that class stays there or if it doesn't. If it doesn't, it's not a great class. So I think that's important to understand. Let's take a look back, for example, LSU's 2019 class. If you can remember, it was the class that was going to the national championship team. It was, you know, this is the freshman class, the 2019 class. So it's the class before the, excuse me, the national championship run. So this was going to be, you know, you go into the 19 season, you got this great recruiting class. You have this great season in 2019 for LSU. And you're thinking, man, look at what's happening. That's what people are thinking. Won the title, but you lose all the great players, Burrow, Chase, Jefferson, Clyde Edwards, on and on and on and on. They leave. But, boy, look at that great recruiting class they just just put in this past year. They're going to continue, right? Nope. Not even close. Um, It was an elite class, one of the best classes in the country, ranked at that time, promising. It was not only not one of the best classes, it was a disaster of a class. One could argue that only two or three out of the 25 players became clear multi-year success stories. Only about eight ever played major roles or extended playing time. I mean, every class is going to have some misses. This was a colossal disaster left and right. And it was not just a good recruiting class, not just a great recruiting class, but an elite level, transformative, going to take you into the future uh, level great. Not even missing on that level, but it's like an absolute disaster. Nine out of the 11 top 200 prospects were either gone or not playing minutes, major minutes, by their third year in Baton Rouge, which is when classes are supposed to be the backbone of the roster. So it's why I say you got to look three years down the road, because three years down the road, that's going to be a particular class. That's going to be the backbone of your roster. That's why you have to look at it three years. The biggest long-term successes, and a really good kicker, two three-star corners. The biggest star, Derek Stingley Jr., was one of the biggest successes in recent LSU history. But he also missed large stretches of the next two seasons due to injuries while the program was collapsing, and he decided to say, I don't want to be a part of this mess. So the lessons from the 2019 class in part explains the failures of Ed Orgeron and, quite frankly, the reason why he was fired and the reason why a guy like Brian Kelly was brought in because it was a class that featured highly rated players on paper that didn't seem to have the normal vetting process from a character, a work ethic, a discipline. those are things that need to be casually, carefully vetted and evaluated. <clears throat> Meanwhile, that was what happened under Ed Orgeron. 
and why they were failures. Oh, but Ed's a great recruiter. No, not all that good of a recruiter. That's by reputation. But you can't have a class that's that disastrous and be a great recruiter. You can have other classes that are good. Recruiting is not about how well were you ranked by some website at the end of signing day. It's about where you are three years down the road and how many of those players are still on your team. If many of those players are not on your team but go on to play well somewhere else, you can make the case that you've evaluated them well. They just didn't stay on your team. Maybe you couldn't develop them. But when those guys can't even play, don't even play, don't have the character or discipline to play, you failed. Now, meanwhile, the first two Brian Kelly classes have had a focus on character and traits, solid culture builders. They want to rebuild. And the rebuild has a lot to do with with some of the issues that they had. So um, how about Marcel Brooks? By the time the 2019 season, the number two outside linebacker in the country, Looked like one of the more exciting young players in the program. Up there with Derek Stingley. As a freshman, he immediately earned a role as a third down pass rusher. Had a key sack to beat Florida. But even before Brooks signed, there were maturity concerns. By June 2020, he entered the portal, transferred to TCU, where he struggled to find a role, not worked very hard, has dealt with a lot of injury issues over and over again because he doesn't take care of his body again. On paper, a paper great player, but not a carefully vetted prospect that lacked the discipline, the character to be a really good player. What about the defensive tackle, Siaki Ika, a top dozen defensive tackle in that class? Backup nose tackle, play as a true freshman, showed star power under Dave Aranda. Lots of expectation. SEC, all-SEC caliber player after Tyler Shelvin forced out. Instead, LSU switched to 4-3. Okay, why the hell do you to recruit a guy like this if you're going to switch to 4-3? This is football malpractice evaluation. This neutralized his strength. He hit the portal by midseason. This is not understanding your vision, your approach. It's just flying by the seat of your pants. If you fail to plan, it's just planning to fail. Derek Stingley was the best of the group. But, you know, he didn't have a lot of success because of injuries. He had enough success, and he's certainly had success going into the NFL. <clears throat> but he was not the great type of production because he was in an undisciplined program where the program was falling apart around him, and he just got bait. Cade York, the kicker, had a lot of success. What about Jay Ward? Corner? Went from a late-rising three-star to a three-year starter at multiple positions. Played outside backer, uh, uh, outside corner, rather, nickel safety. Never earned major accolades. But physical, rangy, could fly around. Um, really good player. 
Cardell Thomas, the offensive tackle. Offensive lineman, really more of an interior guy. A top five offensive guard. Five-star prospect. Had to land him. Got him. Great. Part of a great class, right? By the end of Thomas's high school career, he's already concerned about his weight issues. Lack of flexibility. Started two games in four years. Was a complete flop. Again, paper tiger, paper ranking, not the type of championship pedigree. Poor scouting, poor evaluation. What about Maurice Hampton? Corner. Um, Two-sports star, turned down um, professional baseball. Struggled baseball and football. Fell down the depth chart. Left LSU midway through the first baseball season. Now plays only baseball at Samford. Not Stanford, Samford. Top 12 cornerback, right? No. Ray Parker, top 15 offensive tackle. Marquee signing. Academic problems. Arrested. Kicked off the team. Beat his girlfriend. Kicked her dog. Just bad guy. Dante Starks, an inside backer, former four-star New Orleans linebacker, arrested on charges of illegal possession of a concealed handgun and trying to run away from police. How about Peter Parrish? Great dual-threat quarterback, right? Accused of rape in 2020. Kick off the team. Transferred to Memphis. Played this past season at East Mississippi Community College. How about Thomas Perry? <coughs> a top 30 offensive tackle. Three-star guy. Got injured in his first year. Never cracked the rotation. Kendall McCallum, an inside backer, went to junior college, never made it. T.K. McClendon, flipped McClendon to defensive end his first year, moved down to eastern Kentucky, had to go Juco first. What about Quentin Skinner, long snapper, Um, good long snapper, nice product. Guys that, you know, had decent careers out of that class. Uh, Tyron Davis Price, running back. Tough kid, decent career. Anthony Bradford, um, you know, he's turned the corner under Brian Kelly. Some of those guys were so bad, they didn't even survive to see Brian Kelly. A guy like Bradford's kind of turned it around a little bit. Um, is uh, Davis Price has. Um, Cardell Flott, um, consistent starter, um, just made the playoffs with the Giants. Um, Sony Fanua, the defensive end, uh, reliable run stopping in Charles Turner, the athletic developmental guy. Uh, but a lot of guys that, you know, other guys that didn't make it, uh, uh, Joseph Evans, a defensive tackle, um, not really utilized very well, um, transferred to Texas Antonio. Devontae Lee, uh, John Emery Jr., incomplete, starting to play a little bit better. Finally got some direction and discipline. Trey Palmer, end up going to Nebraska. Radarius Jones. So, again, it was an awful class. Not a, you know, a overrated class. It Overrated doesn't begin to say it. Awful. Awful evaluation, awful 
you know, vetting of the process of the guy's character and work ethic and an undisciplined program to boot. So when you have those type of guys, you can't separate evaluation and recruiting and development. They work hand in hand. And when you have undisciplined, um, you, you've got problems. It's why, again, you need to look at how well you develop a program in within a program, how you utilize players, and how you're getting it done. A&M, last year, to go back, they got their class mainly due to name, image, and likeness. That's how they built their class. If you're building your class on name, image, and likeness, then who do you think is the first guy out your door after he's coming to your place for the name, image, and likeness deal? Who's the first guy out the door to get a dollar more at another school for a better name, image, and likeness deal? Of course, those guys. You have to get guys that fit the character, the culture of what you're trying to build to buy in that you're going to be part of championships. You're going to be part of being developed in the NFL. And oh, by the way, you're going to get paid nicely in their NIL deal. But if you only come for NIL deal and somebody's got a better NIL deal, then they're going to a better NIL deal. But you have to go there for a different reason other than NIL. And then you have to, you know, have the NIL as a part of it. But that's a given. That is a given. And so that's why it's important to, A, let's look at C, how you evaluate. Well, the, the classes are great, but, you you know, maybe they just don't develop them, Chris. That's different. No, there's a difference. If you don't, if you don't evaluate players and players don't make it, you've misevaluated them, pure and simple. If they make it somewhere else, then there's something to the fact that maybe you didn't evaluate them in your system. You didn't develop them in your system. But when they don't, when they just disappear because they've got no future, be, even if they're talented and they don't play anywhere, you've misevaluated them and probably you didn't help get the good out of them. So it's part of a problem. You've got to be able to. Take your culture that you build, and you've got to be able to recruit to that culture, and you've got to have all the things in place for an NIL deal. All of those things are important in this day and age, but you have to be able to evaluate a recruiting class three years down the road, evaluate a draft class two, three years down the road. You can do it gradually up until then, but you truly can't put a grade on it to three years. So everybody that hands out a A++ to Texas A&M on last year's class, it's at best hanging on to a C- minus right now. And, and that's at this stage, not even a year later. It will likely get worse as other guys might fall off or leave. So you have to supplement that and cover up some of the mistakes that you made in the misevaluation of why a kid's coming. And so that's why it's important to understand. So another example 
why I harp on it, why I preach that, why I always preach it, it's because it is the truth. It's maybe not the sexy thing to talk about because we all want to know at signing day who's the best class. We'll talk in two or three years who's truly the best. Right now, all we know on film, this is what it looks like. This is how it might appear, but we don't know anything. It's like doing a book report <coughs> and you've not even read the first page yet. You can't do it. You can try. You can guess to what the book's about and give a view, but it's not accurate. Hey, folks, so uh, you can get more detailed analysis like this on the college and pro game over at LandryFootball.com. So make sure that you take advantage of our savings discount on the front page of the website uh, and get everything from NFL draft, NFL free agency, college football recruiting. Um, obviously, uh, during the season, the breakdowns of the games from a coaching and scouting perspective, get on the inside of the game of football and see the game and learn the game from a coaching and scouting perspective. So check us out at LandryFootball.com today. A great time to get involved with us. Also, subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network wherever you get your podcast, so that you can get access to all of our shows. Appreciate you joining us. Talk to you next time. We've got some Senior Bowl and East-West Shrine practice evaluations uh, and uh, assessments for you there. So be sure to look out for that in the upcoming uh, days at the Landry Football Podcast Network and on LandryFootball.com. Subscribe, like, and share. Talk to you next time, everybody.